Okay, I know this is... Actually, I'll just start with a couple of life updates uh, because I haven't said anything in a couple of days. There's a reason for it, but I also think it's because I'm exhausted. But um, I think I had a fantastic day on Monday because... Oh, no, I guess it was Sunday. It was Sunday. My bad. <laughs> and I had a really good day on Sunday, this past Sunday, because... Uh, Eugene, Simone, and Senna and I went to New Jersey and we had very good Korean food. And I don't know, it was just a nice day because I didn't think about school and I just had a very good time. And yeah, no, I think it was a very necessary but useless trip. But I think I just needed to go out and I'm very glad that they brought me along. And I'm so happy that I got to eat such delicious food. Because I probably wouldn't have been able to order it on my own. Yeah, that's the thing about like having friends that kind of come from a different cultural background is that you get the opportunity to learn about them. And I think that's super duper cool. Um, yeah, because every time I get Korean food, I'll either just order like what's on the menu. But I always know that like even with like Chinese restaurants, the best foods are the ones that aren't on the menu. It's like family dishes that you just name and the chef will make for you because it's like so widely known. I don't know. Maybe I just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe I just don't know how to order food, but usually I end up ordering food I don't love. But aside from that, aside from a very good Sunday, I watched, I think like a handful of episodes of Criminal Minds on Netflix. I don't really know what compelled me to do this because I didn't actually have time to do it. Like, I don't have time to be watching TV shows, um, but I think I watched two once, and, like, it was playing in the background while I was doing work, because, again, I don't have time, but um, it made me so anxious that, like, every 15 minutes, I'd stare at my door and think, like, all right, if someone's going to hack my door open where am I going to run? <laughs> I know that sounds absurd, but I think it just makes me like very scared. And I definitely had nightmares the entire week because of like the two or three episodes I watched. So all in all, I can never watch crime shows uh, unless I'm not alone, maybe. Um, and someone has to remind me that it's fake and uh, that I should maybe spend more time with my friends. Which is really not up to me. It's really up to my friends because usually they're busy and they also don't live very close. But I'm super excited because we have, a, what is it called? A mental break, a wellness day. There we go. Wellness day. I love the sound of that. No, it sounds like complete. Okay, I understand why it exists. It's so that like if kids had a, win a, a spring break, they would be kind of incentivized to go on vacation, which would not help the situation. So I, I understand. I just think that like the placement of them is a little weird and the placement of the wellness days. I also think that the the way some professors see them as weekend where they can assign homework is kind of uncomfortable. It just isn't really a, it's not a break, you know, it's not the same. Um, but again, each kind of system has its pros and cons. And yes, it sucks that like I have work, but I should appreciate the fact that I get a wellness day. Like they didn't just take away the spring break completely. Um, again, with spring break though, I remember that I would always forget some of the material or I'd feel like I forgot some of the material when I got back. So 
I don't know. Again, I don't really have feelings towards it, but I'm very thankful that I get some sort of break. But it really sometimes doesn't feel like much of a break, especially when you are working on group projects or team projects. It's not really a break. It's just like time for you to recuperate and like do some extra modeling or extra research, which again, I'm thankful I have the extra time for. It's just doesn't feel like a break. And I don't, I don't know. My thing with breaks is that I never feel like I deserve a break because I'm like, oh, but if you take a break, you're going to fall behind and everyone's going to think less of you because you're not using all of your time. Um, I think this is a misconception on my part, which is why I think people judge me the way I judge myself. Um, but I also realize that, well, I don't realize this, but in talking to, no, I do realize this. Uh, in talking to the people I really look up upon, like Andy or Aaron or Cam, I realize that they're very, very productive, but they do take breaks because they realize they know how to be productive for a short amount of time such that they can take a break, you know? I don't know. I always thought that they're the people that are kind of not better than me, but in some sense better than me. Um, maybe what I'm looking for is more efficient, but I genuinely think they're better students. Like, I don't have a problem saying that. I think they're very dedicated students, they're very driven, they're very hardworking. Um, but I think what they do is they know how to prioritize and they know how to take breaks. And they're not always working. My misconception is that in their free time, they're always working. But really what I think it is, is that, like, in, now in talking to them, I realize that they play video games Oh, same with Eugene. Eugene loves games, but he's so incredibly good at school. Um, it's actually unbelievable. He <laughs> will maybe like not even be in the class and maybe he didn't even do the last three homework assignments. But if you give him an exam, 100%, you know, he's definitely going to get 100 on it. It blows my mind every time, especially freshman year. He was just like so nice with Calc, like... I know I took calc in high school, but Eugene is a different breed when it comes to calc. Like, he probably doesn't have to read the whole question. He already knows how to solve it. Um, but yeah, I think what it is is that in their free time, it's not that they're not doing anything. It's that they're doing things that will help them in some way, but is very relaxing for them. So maybe the games is like a way of problem solving, like working on problem solving, but to them, it's a complete game. Um, whereas I'm like, all right, Ginger, let's do something you don't like in the time you have free. I think that's the problem. I think I have to like find, I know I've said this like numerous times, but I have to find something I enjoy doing that takes no thought, but will help me in the end. And I think the thing is that I can't think too hard about it because thinking about how an activity will help me in the end might not actually be the activity that I enjoy like passively. So I think I should just let myself do random shit until I figure out something that I really like. Though I think watching Netflix shows has helped me in some sense. Like I'm not usually one to watch Netflix. I remember my freshman year of college. This is going to sound so embarrassing. <laughs> but I knew people were going to parties or like they were going to eat with friends or go on dates. And I knew I just like wasn't that kind of person. Like obviously I'd in, like do one or two or I would do those things like once or twice a month. Right. But I obviously like most Cooper kids don't have time to do that. But 
I think there's like one or two instances in the month where you aren't so overwhelmed. Like you definitely still have work due and maybe like one or two assignments are late, but like, you know, you could take a breather for like an hour or two. Um, and sometimes I would go like grab a dinner with Senna or I'd grab a, I'd go Trader Joe's shopping with Kate or I would just like walk into the reading room and see like what Fred's playing and maybe I'd walk into like room 5D and wake up Eugene um, and we'd cook something. But I remember there were some instances where I knew I was going to be lonely and I think I just didn't really want to talk to anyone. I just wanted to be by myself and let my mind float. And uh, I watched, what's the thing? Let me Google it. Black Panther. I watched Black Panther by myself in my dorm room bed. Uh, I also watched all of New Girl on my dorm room bed. <laughs> I think I finished it in like a week, which is really bad. Um, but somehow I managed to do that and then also study for my tests and do my homeworks and work. I, I don't really know how I did it, but yeah, I really liked New Girl. <laughs> and recently, or not recently, over winter break, um, I kind of felt guilty while doing while watching Netflix because I was like, Ginger, you could be working on building a lamp or uh, you could be working on designing something. And instead, what I did was I watched Bridgerton. But I think it helped me because in HSS, uh, we, we were looking, we were watching Sense and Sensibility. Uh, but it was the movie directed by Ang Lee and it was the book published by Jane Austen and not published, written. Um, and I was able to talk about the Regency period in relation to the Victorian period uh, in terms of costume and dress and also kind of like uh, the kind of novels and texts that were floating around as well as kind of like uh, what's quorum? No, what's the word I'm looking for? Decorum? Mm, sorry, I'm literally forgetting words. Uh, yeah, decorum. Um, and just kind of like of the period. And I think that was very helpful um, so in some ways you never know what passive activity will be helpful until the opportunity comes. So I think I should be less harsh, uh, less harsh on myself about finding a productive activity that's passive and just do whatever I want and know that I can apply anything to any kind of conversation or, I don't know, situation. Also, for anyone who is wondering, I did tell professor, I did tell the chair of the back, I told the chair of the department about how one of the professors who told me that I was really nothing special um, made me feel. And I think what helped before going into the conversation is knowing what I wanted because I know I could have just sat there and complained. But I think what helped was when I was sitting before I decided to say something, I asked myself, Ginger, what do you want from this conversation? And I hope it doesn't backfire on me. And I asked for it to remain anonymous. Um, but the chair said that if I remained too anonymous, that the professor wouldn't really know what to address. But then again, I'm not really interested in dealing with this professor's kind of wrath. Like I know he's going to have something against me. So I really hope she kept it anonymous because I did say multiple times that I would like for my complaint to be anonymous. Um, and what I requested was that the person be more cognizant of the way they're phrasing their feedback and criticism 
because I think the way she, the chair explained it to me is that perhaps he meant that I'm not particularly good at one thing, rather I'm good at a ton of things, like managing a ton of things, which is why he said you're really nothing special. But to me, it just like, it rubs me the wrong way, you know, like I just don't want to hear that. Um, And embarrassingly enough, I cried. So uh, not in front of the professor who told me, I just, I just felt very overwhelmed. And she basically told me that I have to uh, grow a tougher skin or thicker skin. My goodness, I can't talk. (laughs) Um, And I know where she's coming from because she's worked in the automotive industry, which is predominantly male, and she's definitely faced a ton of criticism and sexist comments. Um, But I think that to me it meant... It wasn't that it really hurt my feelings. I think what mattered to me was that I was scared it was going to hurt my recommendation. And I don't really want that to happen just because someone doesn't think. So the thing is, like, she said that the professor thinks very highly of me. And uh, which is weird because I also know he talks to another professor about me. So I, I chose him to write my letter of recommendation because I believed at the time that he thought very highly of me and would write a decent letter. Um, But yes, I submitted a complaint and I was told that uh, something would be said and that I should grow a thicker skin and try to, it's not, she's not dismissing the, that it was rude and it was incorrect, but the chair told me that I will face a lot more of these incidences in the future and I should take this experience to grow a thicker skin. Um, Some of my friends said that was not the best response. Um, And I see that, but I also was so overwhelmed that I just like didn't really want to fight. And I think the greatest fight for me was honestly getting the courage to say anything as this happened like two weeks ago and it's been sitting on my mind and I'm like scared to go to his class and I'm scared of his judgment of me in the future um, because I know someone has said something to him and he just did not give a good response and I'm really not looking forward to that. I know that if my comment is not does not remain anonymous, it will 100% backfire on me. And I I just don't, I don't want that. Um, But yeah, that (laughs) is that. Um, Okay, again, I think I'm gonna, my plan for today was to finish, um, to start my HSS essay. Yeah. So let me give, okay, from this point on, I'm not going to be talking about my day. Maybe I will, but I will be writing my essay and you can join this journey with me. I don't really know why I bring you along (laughs) because my writing drafts is very embarrassing as to how like rudimentary the English sounds. I know that like a lot of people are very good at including advanced vocabulary if for lack of a better term, um, into their essays. I just don't have that spice. I just, I work so hard on like getting my idea into a sentence that I don't have time to make it pretty. Um, so I admire people who can make their sentences very beautiful. I do not have such talent. Um, though some of my friends have told me that they like my essays, which I find very strange. And yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Um, 
Though I've also had feedback from some of my peers saying that they can tell I outlined my essay before I wrote it. So I think this time I, uh, the thing is I want to say I won't outline, but that's just not the way I work. So maybe I'll kind of just like spit some sentences out and then try to organize. Yeah, that that is the plan for now. Okay, so the topic, actually, let me check. But from what I remember, the topic is whatever you choose it to be <laughs> of the last texts or um, movies, any t- sort of texts. Could be a movie. Oh, sorry. It's just a little late. So if you hear the banging uh, in the background, it's like the metal drop, you know, the gates in front of storefronts. That's the sound. Okay. The, wow, it's 25% of my course grade. Sick. (laughs) All right. This is essay one. Okay. I spent a couple of days looking up research papers around the topic I was thinking of, but it was kind of difficult because either I wasn't paying attention, though I'm pretty sure I was, on how to use a Cooper library. I just believe it's not very good. Maybe I just don't know how to use it. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, I guess only the first half of this first page matters in terms of understanding what the prompt is. Yeah, this is strange. She gives us a lot, but also very little. Okay, essay one, critical analysis, essay two. Okay, close reading is a skill you must have to accomplish this assignment. Great readers are more likely to engage and analyze text with a critical perspective. Find a specific text from our course viewings before midterm that speaks to you. You will respond to course texts with your own ideas and construct a thesis supported by and strengthened by critical analysis and textual evidence for this critical analysis essay. All right. For some reason, the prompt sounded a little redundant, but I know exactly what she's talking about. She's asking me to analyze whatever we watched and talk about it in the lens of whatever theme I choose. All right. She says, you can choose to write about A, the wedding banquet, B, B, eat, drink, man, woman, or C, sense and sensibility. Examine a specific topic drawn from the film and develop it into a coherent and logical main argument in your midterm paper. Approach your chosen topic with critical views, allude to at least one critical, insightful contribution to your chosen text, and support your argument with evidence and quotes from the text. Possible themes include, but are not limited to, gender, modernity, culture, globalization, home, love. Okay. My thing is... Uh, how long is this? Oh, five to six, double space. All right, I don't even want to think about the page count. Um, so what I was thinking, does it fall into globalization the way she defines modernity is very interesting to me she says time urban life business exchange war travel 
Uh, kind of strange. Okay, not strange. I just never looked at the term modernity like that. Uh, globalization. Mobility, East meets West, Hollywood, Taiwan, new cinema. Okay, um... Again, maybe the one I'm touching on is Chinese Taiwanese culture, American culture, family tradition, heritage. That's probably what I was thinking. So <laughs> that's kind of stupid. But what I started with was the title of my essay, which is The I in Family. I've 100% used this title before in one of my essays prior, but I remember changing the title because it didn't super fit what I was writing. But at the time, I was like, this is a genius title. The I in Family Sick. Um, but now it applies. So <clears throat> I guess you guys can be my writing center associates. <laughs> um, yeah, so what I'm going to do. Okay, so the wedding, I'm, I'm choosing the wedding banquet because I think that's what I took the most notes on. And also, I loved all three films. But for some reason, um, my brain is pretty chronological. So I would have a hard time picking the middle one and the third one. Like for some reason, my mind's like, all right, Ginger, just got to do the first one. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess it's the one I've had the most time to process is the one I watched first. Um, so I'm going to do the wedding banquet. Um, and basically, let me see. What can I recall? I took some notes. Where are my notes? Give me notes. Good thing I take notes. Oh, jeez. Imagine if I didn't take notes actually terrifying main focal point is family paternalism passing on the family name filial piety oh sick wow okay Okay, I just seem to have written a ton of notes and didn't come up with a coherent thesis. Nice. All right, I wrote family. What makes a family? Okay, I think what I'm trying to say is I'm in this essay, I'm trying to define a family in terms of agency and culture. Like, especially in Confucianism, I believe um, that the huge part of Confucianism is filial piety, um, maybe I should look at the actual word-for-word -word definition. I would say Merriam-Webster, but fuck it. I'm just going to do the Google one. In Confucian Chinese, Buddhist, and Taoist ethics, filial piety is a virtue of respect for one's parents, elders, and ancestors. Um, it's also... Okay, so the movie itself... Let me just not look at my notes. Okay. The best way I can summarize the movie is it is about a guy named Wei Tong who is a Taiwanese uh, immigrant who immigrated to America. Uh, he's a real estate agent. He does some sort of property management um, and he is gay. And uh, the whole plot of the story is that he has this fake wedding to appease the kind of uh, desire of his parents to leave, uh, to continue the family lineage. And um, in doing so, the family kind of breaks down but comes back together. Uh, it breaks down because, first of all, they're all lying to each other 
um, the main character, the male main character, is lying about his sexuality as well as his relationship with his uh, so-called wife. The wife is lying about who she is because um, she knows that this is a fake wedding. And I think she's trying to... Oh, yes. She's lying about who she is because... In the beginning of the film, you can tell she's a free spirit. Whereas when you see that the main character's parents have flown into America to see the wedding, she kind of turns into, she's like squeezing herself into a mold of what she thinks the parents want her to be. The ideal wife in a Confucian uh, family. And she's super submissive compared to her original free spirit kind of vibe. Um, She's an artist and she kind of does... Um, modern style paintings but it becomes clear that she her knowledge of art is actually super useful because she can have conversations about calligraphy uh, traditional Chinese calligraphy with uh, Wei Tong's dad so she's lying about who she is um, by kind of changing her vibe (laughs) I need to find a better word for vibe she's changing her expression of self Uh, she limits uh, her actions as well as um, the way she dresses. But it is clear that she can only suppress herself so much because she's also... There are points in the film where her true character kind of bleeds through, whether it's in costume um, and in kind of actions. For example, she's drunk and she's wearing neon pink, which is not very traditional. And she kind of acts... Um, more like she did in the beginning whereas in other parts she's wearing like a red uh, suit or she's wearing some plain clothes and she's just very quiet so she's lying about who she is she's lying to herself by saying that she's someone else um, just so she can fit into the family the father is lying because the father uh, learns English in the time he spends in New York and realizes that his son is gay but he doesn't say anything to the mother um, and instead, yeah, so he lies about knowing, but in lying about knowing, he actually gets what he wants, which is a grandchild. Um, and the mother is lying because she's also lying about knowledge of uh, the son's sexuality and doesn't tell the father. <clears throat> but again, in doing so, um, the fam- the parents of Wei Tung were able to get a grandchild. So all in all, everyone is lying to each other and to themselves. But for some reason, the family, while they did have like tensions between each character that kind of distanced them emotionally, um, they actually were able to come back together through kind of the determination that they don't have to lie to them, each other about their own incentives. Um, and we're able to build a bigger family and uh, extend the lineage so everyone kind of gets what they want. Um, the question about whether or not Wei Tong and his partner Simon ever get accepted in the family is very interesting because I think my take on it is that the parents don't really know what it means to be gay and are confused, but they were only in it for a grandchild, so they don't care if their son is gay as long as uh, Wei Wei and Wei Tong have a grandchild for them. They don't care about uh, their individual relations with others. So um, I think what I want to talk about in my essay, sorry if this like make, makes no sense, but it makes sense in my head, so it's okay. 
Um, I think I'm going to write about... Do I want to focus on lies? Yes. So maybe agency is not the word. I think like kind of the string of lies that keep a family together. So the I in family and the I in lies. Wow, I'm just coming up with a title that's absolutely useless. (laughs) I know this. You don't have to tell me. All right, The Wedding Banquet is a movie about... Does his sexuality matter in the introductory sentence? Because I could say a man from Taiwan, but I could also say a gay immigrant from Taiwan. Uh, See, the thing is... Yeah, I'm going to include the word gay because I'm addressing the fact that he's lying to himself by uh, coming off to his parents as straight. So, about... I don't know if she wants like a traditional essay with like a review of kind of a synopsis of the text and then the thesis sentence and then evidence. I mean, and then like three bullet points and then a conclusion. Uh, I don't know. This professor comes off as someone who kind of like wants you to do it your own way. Which is harder and easier for some people, depending on who. But for me, it's harder because I really like structure in essays. But I know that people who can write without structure and have really good flow um, write fantastic essays. Like, absolutely just so good. (laughs) But maybe they do plan it too. So, okay. The topics I want to talk about are... I need to come up with a, a synonym for lies. I can't say lies 500 times. Do you ever guys, uh, do you guys ever do that? It's just, you ever go into the source and you know it, in your essay you're going to use like m- a certain word multiple times. So you just, the fabricator, deceptions. All right, deception sound good. So I want to talk about lies. I also want to talk about um, culture. Confucianism. And a subset of that would be filial piety. Not a subset, but a sub-bullet point. So I'm typing really slow, but I'm sure you can hear and judge my keystrokes. Uh, it's because my hands are cold. 
Lies, deception, Taiwanese culture, Confucianism. How an individual lies to themselves. Initially, when the main characters are lying, they're lying to each other in order to fit into each other's molds, each other's ideals. Hello, it is me from the future. I spent <clears throat> a little over an hour typing, and all I did was record my typing. So I don't think that's interesting, but if you're curious, you can ask me for the audio of me typing, which is really not going to be interesting, so I don't even think you'll ask for it. But yes, I will end this here because I have nothing else left to do except finish my essay. So good luck to you, and I hope you have a wonderful... Maybe you listen to this at night, so maybe a wonderful night.